Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everyone, the podcast where we talk with people from top nonprofit fundraisers and galas to show how they positively transform their communities. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I am so fortunate to be talking with a good friend of mine, Andra Lamont, who runs the Kindness Campaign. Andra, welcome, and I'm so glad that you're here. Oh, it's so good to get to talk with you and to be a guest. I'm, I'm honored that you called. Well, you were one of the first people I really thought of. And, you know, before we hop, you know, before we started recording, we talked about those a little bit and we'll dive more into them, you know, as we get further along in the conversation. So, but what I really want to do is we want to talk about your upcoming signature fundraiser, which is your Art of Kindness event. And before we do that, however, you know, it benefits the Kindness Campaign. Can you share a little bit about what the mission of the Kindness Campaign is? Yes. Well, our main mission is to create and provide accessible emotional health curriculum and programs to both children and adults in homes and in classrooms everywhere. And we're national. So we're based right here in Austin. But uh, so we love serving right in our backyard, but we are national. So we've been serving all over the nation for the last several years. And it's been quite a treat. Well, and, you know, I've I've known you, you know, for quite a few years, and I remember when you initially started it, and it, it's wonderful to see how it's, you know, it's grown from, initially, it was really around yeah. servicing, you know, I don't even think it was K through 12, I think it may have even been K through eight, and it just grew yeah. and grew and grew from there. Um, share yeah. a little bit about, you know, an organization, you know, looking to grow, you know, what 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 is one piece of advice you would give somebody in, you know, in growing in a good and organic way, because every single time you have come out with a new program, I'm like, that organically fits. And it's the next natural logical step with what you're looking to do and create. Well, I think it's interesting when you ask that question, because obviously, uh, whether you're an organization like a nonprofit or a business, we've had multiple challenges over the past couple years. And when you ask that, I think what is really good is to be able to step back in your organization and look and see what is really fitting with your community, what is uh, resonating. And over the last couple of years, we've created, I would say, um, we are creators in this organization. So we create art-infused emotional health tools. They're um, both innovative. They're paper goods. This was our first one. Yes. I wanted to hold it up for you to see. I am enough. Um, but, yes. Yeah, I remember I'm that. The, that was the very first one with Enoughy Buddy. Yeah. Yes, Enoughy Buddy. I've got my I've got all my original things here to show you. But these oh, were, I keep them here on my desk as a reminder of the beginning. But, um, you know, I when I look at like the beginning, And when I think about organizations and businesses, uh, you can have a path of what you want to do and how you want to meet your customer. And it's always important to meet your your community, your your clients, whatever you call them, where they are. But it's also very important to to be listening and to be seeing what's working. And after the last couple of years, we we created a lot of tools. And what we did was we did surveys, we did, um, you know, community checks. And what we realized was that um, some of them were really resonating and some weren't. The biggest thing for me was um, what we found was we had a lot of people reaching out, wanting to volunteer, wanting to bring our programming to their school. Well, we're we're a very small organization and uh, we coming into schools and training people up 
was a natural fit. So we created a kind facilitator program that would train both the volunteers and bring our program into schools to certify, kind certify our school. And so everyone was becoming very familiar with our program and everyone was in the schools uh, seeing that they could provide a safe environment for their um, for their their children and their students. So what we found was a natural fit. So really that's a way to tell you what we found was we created metaverses, interactive gaming. We created, you know, apps. But what we found were people wanted hands-on, on-site tools because they wanted to be involved. We've been through a wreckage of the last couple, yes. couple years with, you know, suicide rates skyrocketing, mental health crisis like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And what we found were people wanted ways to contribute. And what we know is that when people feel that they are contributors, when they feel that they have uh, helpful ways to be an answer to a, you know, a mm -hmm. solution and help dig in in their own schools and their own communities, they feel connected. And connection is one of the biggest ways that we can really help our mental health and and really find ways to to uh, you know grow as as an organization. Right? Is Absolutely. is providing ways for people to dig in. So. Um, you know, that that's kind of my my way that I I found with my organization to help us grow and to really be a, uh, to, to really provide solutions nationwide for for my organization. That, that's really great to hear. And that's wonderful insight. And, you know, you, I want to go back to something you were talking about, about connection and feeling, you know, an emotional tie to, you know, to a to an organization. I know that there was there was a very personal reason that you started the kindness campaign to begin with. Can you just elaborate a little bit on, you know, what inspired you to do that? And just, you know, it's just been wonderful to see how it's grown so exponentially over the last several years. Yeah. Um, so the motivation to create the kindness campaign really stemmed from a personal tragedy. And this was, gosh, it's now almost eight years ago, but it, it really does feel like it was, you know, it's it, it lives with me every day. Right. Um, we were uh, close family friends um, with a, a little girl who uh, took her life. And as you can imagine, that was, um, she was around the age of 12 and that created a deep impact in my, in my personal life, my, my family's life. And the way that the kindness campaign began, began was really at my kitchen table with my daughters and conversations of, you know, trying to begin, uh, you know, to heal. And, you know, through our own pain, we were looking for, uh, you know, how to even have that conversation of, you know, my daughters were maybe uh, six and eight. And I was like, how do I talk to them about this young girl that they knew and loved? And how do I talk to them about, um, you know, that she's not with us anymore right. and why? And what are they, what are they, how do I protect them moving forward? And I was also scared um, about them and, and what they were going to experience in their school life. And, and that really is where Enoughy Buddy was created. Um, I wanted to, to not make it feel scary. And I also wanted to have a place where they could feel, um, this young girl was bullied. And so, um, you know, I didn't have all the answers, by the way, I, I actually just 
uh, was looking to to figure out conversation tools with my mm -hmm. girls. And I, I didn't know that if there was anything out there. And so the journal that I created was a way uh, for for my girls to to go into school and um, and have place for them to feel like they were enough. And so that really began that journey. I, I could have never imagined that, you know, within the first three years, uh, you know, we were in 80 schools in Austin and then, you know, creating portfolios of those interactive art infused tools um, to, to be brought across the nation. Like I, I never knew one, one thing that I, I did find was that um, if you open this kind of door to your passion and you keep, you know, putting one step in front of the other and learning and you're open to learning um, that creativity is just there, right? It's like this Absolutely. window into a door of, um, of healing. And that's kind of the journey that my family was on. And it's been a lot of fun. My girls have been integral in helping me create. I have, you know, I just have tools all around me, but oh, you know, these have been, I love that. these are enoughy buddy antennas that we bring. We brought them actually down to Uvalde recently um, when they launched at school. And this was a great tool. It's, um, it's a great way for kids to bring out their superpowers. And for those, mm -hmm. I know we're on a podcast, but um, they're really, it's just a headband and pipe cleaner and little uh, fuzzy balls um, like that you can put on. It's like a, a great way to be creative, but um, enoughy buddy has antennas and they're his superpower. And that's how he taps into his emotions and, and lets, uh, you know, kids know that it's okay to have all of them, sadness, happiness, um, you know, anger, frustration. And I think that's where we get tripped up sometimes that we don't, we often tuck them away. And, mm -hmm. and that's where we, um, that's where, you know, bullies, you know, bully yeah, and where, where children um, don't know what to do with it all. And, and that anger explodes and we should care for both the bullied and the bullies. Um, yeah. And, um, and so anyways, um, this is how it all started. And, and I just, that's why I get really excited to create and to be a part of the conversation. And um, I'm not tired. I'm actually, I continue to get very excited. And I think, what am I creating next? <laughs> so. Well, that's, that's incredible. And you can hear the passion in your voice when yeah. you talk about the organization. I think the other thing that's really important for people listening to understand is something you said kind of earlier on, which was you didn't have all the answers in the beginning. You didn't necessarily know everything. And I think for anyone looking, you know, I think yours is the perfect story of something happening. You wanted to positively impact your community. And it wound up going well beyond that. But you started and you were, the other thing you said was you were willing to learn. And you combine those yeah. two things together to really get the organization where it is yeah. today. And there's all different types of programs now, probably, you know, far beyond anything you probably could have ever dreamed of when you were sitting at the kitchen table with your girls. Oh, oh, yes. I mean, starting a nonprofit, I, it's fun because I'm, I often have young, young people call and, and I, I, number one, I, I try my very best. If any young person wants to get on my calendar, it's mm -hmm. an immediate yes. Um, mm -hmm. Whether they're a high schooler, we have a young, uh, we have a TKC ambassador program, uh, you know, we, if they want to start a project, I try to help mentor them or I work a lot with the Kendra Scott Welly Foundation. Yes. And so I take time to mentor and be with them. And often I'll get a question about starting a nonprofit. 
and they think I they think I had this huge plan. Yeah. And it's so it's so uh, I laugh on the inside quite often because they're like, okay, step one, what do I do? And I'm like, wow, if I'd had all of that uh, <laughs> when I started, <laughs> uh, the 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 best thing to do is to say, you know, if you don't have all the answers, surround yourself with people mm-hmm. that you can ask and advisors that you can lean on. And that's really what I did. I had some key people in my life that. I just said, hey, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Can you please help me, um, you know, make sure that as I'm reaching out to donors and supporters that, um, you know, we can respectfully, um, you know, make sure that we do the due diligence with their funding, you know, make sure that it gets uh, handled appropriately and that we do all of these things the right way. And so every step of the way, I made sure that when I didn't have the answers, which was often that I leaned on people who did. And um, that, I think, is the right way to, you know, to do that. Um, I have a lot of creative ideas. And I will always be the first that if I'm not in that room in the marketing conversation or in the, you know, idea box room, I'm I'm mad. Like, I want to be in those conversations. Yeah. But if we're talking about, you know, nonprofit, uh, you know, CPA, or we're talking the budget and how we're going to, you know, handle that, I want all of the experts in the room with me and I'm listening and I'm asking questions. And I think that that's important. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Know, know where you need the help. And, and I often am, am uh, making sure that I, I have those people by my side. That's great. And that's really great advice for everyone to have. And one of the things you were just talking about there was was funding. So let's talk <laughs> a little bit about, you know, um, your signature fundraising, fundraising event, The Art of Kindness. And, and I've been to some of yours before, and they're very special, magical experiences that you create like I still play I I remember one time there was a private concert that you did and David Foster was playing all these various songs and it was like literally like my childhood soundtrack like and I like I literally I looked down at the video after I was done recording I was like that was 17 minutes and like I listened to that I would say at least once every three to four months since So you're really Uh, good at just really kind of infusing multiple different types of elements to really create a magical experience. So tell us about, you know, the art of kindness, you know, and, and how it came to be and, and all that. Well, I love that you, that nothing makes my heart happier than to hear that a, an evening was everlasting for someone. I think that my goal with the art of kindness is that a we bring together some of the you know Austin's or surrounding areas. We've got people flying in from all over this year uh, to join us, but we bring some of the kindest folks together. You know, it's we want to bring together people who care about the mission, right, and mm-hmm. that are. Uh, you know, there to engage in a space and and just really realize the impact that we're having on society with mm-hmm. that one little word, you know, you know, kindness right. and and what we can do uh, both in our homes and in our community around really um, empowering ourselves, um, that ripple effect that happens. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if if that you know, reflecting on that moment of our time together, does that for you? That makes me joyful. Um, there, the, 
the event has evolved over the years. And uh, obviously, we all know that we had to pivot a little bit um, during um, the challenging times of uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we did as every organization did. But now we're on track. And we're able to come out and uh, have a, a, a weekend of events. It's two days. Oh, and wonderful. So, so our we call it, um, it's our signature fundraising event. And it's the art of kindness. We have an evening event that brings together our, um, you know, all of our donors, our, our sponsors. And like I said, just the kindest people around. And that helps us raise funds that go, you know, back into our programming and, and really helps to, you know, uh, you know, fuse our, into our mission. But what it also does is we have our second day event, which is our community day event that is on the, uh, the following Sunday. So we have it, um, I don't know if you want the dates, but it's, uh, we have our Oh, please share it. Absolutely. Okay. I'm like, I don't know if you want all the details. Oh, absolutely. Um, Share it. Okay. So uh, our gala is March 31st and it's the evening. And then our community day event is April 2nd. And so we kind of, we have a Friday event and then a Sunday event. And our community day event is really to gather around, um, uh, and it's it's really uh, a festival event. Okay. And yes. And so what we do, it's a fun weekend really to celebrate and bring the entire community together to, um, uh, you know, like a festival for families. It's family friendly. And what when I say that the evening event uh, for our sponsors, what that does is it sponsors all of our Title I schools. We'll bring about a thousand uh, we give out a, a thousand vouchers for all of our, our kiddos from around our schools that we support here in Austin to come for free. And so we really get to celebrate our community in a huge way on that community day. So it really brings us all together and provides access for everyone. So it's a it's a great way to celebrate. And I can go into more details about I, both I, of them if you'd like. I absolutely would love for you to do that. Okay. And, you know, let, let's maybe touch a little bit when when you do go into some more detail. What I love about this event is is that one, it's a it's evolved over the years, like you've said, and that you've got something for the major donors one night mm-hmm. and you've got something for the community. So what advice, you know, when you're talking about it, like what's some advice you would give to somebody? Because I love that you're really addressing multiple audiences to really give maximum impact to the kindness campaign throughout the Austin community in multiple ways. Right. Um, so. <laughs> I think that, you know, my advice, it's hard to say what my advice, um, you know, to, to engage someone, you know, putting on a two day event is really challenging. Oh, yes, it is. I I don't, you know, I'm like, when we were thinking about this, you know, we were like, oh, yes, this is going to be great. The whole idea behind it was uh, back to your very first question, when you asked me about, you know, my programming, and mm-hmm. I said, listening to my community, right. what I found was that um, I was listening to oftentimes the gala 
um, we, we would celebrate our sponsors and we would have them uh, have a look at what we were doing in our schools. And mm -hmm. we would really be able to showcase, you know, here's what we're doing in the schools and here's where, you know, our teachers are. But oftentimes our teachers weren't in our gala. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so it was, it was kind of, I wanted to bring everyone together in all, in, for the whole weekend. So what we ended up doing was we said, why don't we do something that actually does, um, brings everyone together. Right. So we would do the sponsor evening where we could really showcase what we're doing, celebrate our, our, our sponsors, and then invite everyone to our community day event where we've got our teachers, our students, our sponsors, and everyone can do um, one big festival celebration for the community. So um, it was really about um, listening to our, to our donors, our community, about how can we bring everyone together and really showcase what a community of kindness looks like. That's incredible. And, you know, what, what's really I think really, really excellent about that. And as you said, it is a lot of work, but also for your donors, it basically, a lot of times you go to a gala, you know, a donor will write a check and then it's like, see you in 364 days. <laughs> right. This is, you know, a, a donor comes to the event and then 36 hours later, they're actually getting to see what their funds benefit. And, and to me, you know, when I see that, I'm like, that's just such a, wonderful way to create some good, you know, donor loyalty that, you know, you can get donors to come back year after year because they're getting to see almost immediately how the funds that they're giving to the kindness campaign are positively impacting a community, in this case, Austin. And I've had many uh, donors come the eve to the gala, the evening event, and then turn around and volunteer at the community event. So it is a, a way to really engage with the students, with the community as, you know, hands on, because what I also have heard from my donors is they want an opportunity to be hands on and to be with the, with the students and, and to learn more about the organization. And this just puts it all right there in front of them. And, you know, it's not always accessible for Mm -hmm. um, a donor or a sponsor to to take time out of work during the week. And so what, that's why also we do it on the weekend while it's fresh, top of mind. Uh, one of the one of the things we're doing this year are Nuffy Buddies that, that I that I told you about. Yeah, um, absolutely. They're little dolls uh, for for those of you who are um, listening. And there there are little dolls and we give these to our schools and they are um, a great tool for our teachers to talk to students. Um, and Nuffy Buddy goes on journeys with our children and he's a storyteller and he opens up, uh, you know, ways for children to really unpack what they're, what they're thinking and talking about. So he's a big tool for us, but typically we can, um, we, we only give one, uh, and usually a counselor gets it or okay. a teacher will get it with her, with her box of curriculum. Okay. Well, this year at our gala, we're going to bring all of our nephew buddies and have an opportunity for our sponsors to purchase them. Oh, nice. And be able to then we'll turn around and give them out at the uh, at the community day event, because what we're noticing is while we're on campuses, 
kids will take them and start hide, like they'll start hiding them oh. in their you know hoodies <laughs> and trying to walk out with little enoughy buddy. And and we understand um, enoughy buddy is you know he's he's a friend, he's mm-hmm. their friend, and they want to take take a little piece of them with them. We recently did a survey. And we asked teachers, you know, how the impact we're making on their campus. And one of the stories that we heard from the teacher, let's see if I can say it right. She said that one of the children, um, her uh, family had a newborn baby in their in their family. And uh, the teacher said, oh, what did you know, what did your what did your what's your new little brother's name? And the student said, enoughy, enoughy, buddy. And she said, oh, that's so cute because we'd just been on campus. Right. She goes, okay, so what's your little brother's name? And she said, he, the, the student said, enoughy, buddy. And so the next day she came back in and literally the little boy has named, the, the student has named this, the newborn baby enoughy, buddy. So they, are, they, they find themselves attached to enoughy. And um, so it's really cute. So I'm excited. Again, this is just one way where if you're listening in your organization that you can bring both your donor, your sponsor community together with with direct impact to your community to really fuse the two and make it make it a special uh, time for them. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that's an excellent segue into something we were talking about before we started recording. And that is about, you know creating especially with donors how a personal tie or you know a level of an emotion to an organization is so important in terms of um in terms of getting them to open not only their hearts but also their checkbooks you know share a little bit about how you go about making sure to create you know experiences for your donors that allow them to emotionally connect with, you know, with the program so that they do continue, you know, not just to give the first time, but to give multiple times? Well, <laughs> I think it's different for every donor, every sponsor. I think, Absolutely. you know, some of them have their own personal journeys. Uh, you know, I have, I have people reach out to me and, you know, tell me that they've either experienced something in their own family or that they have a mission tied to their, you know, their you know, their company or something like that, that feels really important to them. Uh, the, the biggest thing for me as someone who actually also donates to other organizations, I think it's important for me um, to, to be very upfront with like my, my background and, and why I think it's important to care very deeply for those who are giving, you know, whether they're giving, you know, a dollar, $5, you know, $50 to, you know, the big, you know, $100,000 donors, right? All of them are very emotionally, you know, giving money is emotional. And so it's important to care for those people care for that dollar. It's important as an organization to respect that those um, that that is hard earned money, wherever it comes from, and that when they are giving to understand their tie to your organization and that you are open in dialogue and having those conversations with them. Um, so, you know, I think that, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it is a little different for every, uh, every donor and I don't have a big 
you know, secret to, you know, caring for each person, except that people are human and they want to be seen, they want to be heard and they want to be cared for. And they want to know that they're not just another, you know, another number, another person that you just, you know, took the money and ran um, and, and that you just went on to do what you wanted to do um, to keep, keep your organization on track. I think, I think that, um, you know, I, I have conversations uh, with my team that, you know, we all are very, we communicate around, you know, if, if we are uh, spending a dollar or taking a dollar, that there is a, a huge amount of respect in both directions and that you have to, as an organization, make sure that, um, I, I use a walkie talkie example. So, oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I, this one really comes to mind for me, but, um, uh, when we're doing a, an event, which, uh, for anyone who's doing an event, uh, this, this may come, this may resonate with you. Uh, especially if you're doing an event with children, you're going to need walkie talkies. I, I, this may resonate with you. Um, especially one with, you know, a thousand children, you're going to need security. You're going to need all of those pieces. Mm -hmm. And so I had, uh, an, uh, you know, uh, a conversation where, uh, someone was asking how many, how many walkie talkies do you need? And uh, my question back was, and, and she said, they're just $14. And I said, well, I, you know, how many do you need on your team? And she said, three, you know, we're going to have three. And I said, well, she said, well, we could get like, you know, 10 or 15 and we'll just cover it. And I go, how many do we need? It's not that it's just $14. Right. It's how many do we need? And I think that when you have a mindset of, how many do we need? It's fourteen dollars. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's the spend on something, and that is fourteen dollars. Someone donated fourteen dollars, and I want to make sure I'm spending that appropriately. So, we, do we need three, or do we need five? And that is um, the respect that I want people to understand when you are curating events, because all of that adds up. And then on the back side of that is that you're communicating to your donors um, how you're how you're spending it. I'd rather all go to programs. I'm bringing a student into the studio. We were surprising him. Actually, we're doing it on Thursday, but we surprised him. His name is Roshan, and uh, we surprised his family for our kind music program. And it has been such a beautiful experience. I'd rather surprise more Roshans. I'd rather take children from a Title I school who've never had, who might not ever have an opportunity and help them live out their passion. And so that $14 gets me more Roshans in a studio singing their hearts out because they have a passion to live out. And I can do that. Does that make sense? That makes I mean, total, yeah. that, that, that makes perfect sense. And it's so funny because um, I was actually literally just going to ask you, you know, the question after this I had in mind was, you know, what's your kind of go-to, you know, item on a budget? And you really just so beautifully explained, <laughs> one, that was a budget item and communication, especially <laughs> within an event is incredibly important. I'm like, okay, you checked every box without me even having to ask. <laughs> so, but also just being mindful of, you know, 
even if you put on an event that is, you know, that that is really well and lushly produced, you've got to pay attention, you know, to fine details in terms of the dollars that you're spending, you know, and can you get stuff donated and things like that. And if you do have to, you know, use stuff, how much do I need for this event? It doesn't mean that you can't go and buy two more walkie talkies later for the next event. When you need five, you already have three and then you can go buy two more later. So it's almost as much a timing thing as it is, you know, I don't need to spend it all right now, but I can spend some now and I can spend some down the line when the next event happens and my organization grows and I may need more. Yeah. And, and, you know, to that point, I think that, you know, my team and I, we just, ha- we have a huge role, you know, when we, w- before we do an event, when we, when we, you know, start the event, we w- do a huge walkthrough and we want to go through this event from the guest perspective, from the moment they arrive to the moment that they leave, we ask ourselves, how do they feel? Do they feel, number one, that you spent too much over here? Do they right. feel that that was a waste? I do. When I go to an event, I'm like, oh, absolutely. Ooh, do you? All the I time, mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why did they spend? So I always walk a fine line of like, I think this is just right. So I want to know, I want my, I first want them, I want to make sure how do they feel? And, and does it, do they, do they know what we do? Mm-hmm. We want them to walk away feeling you know, most importantly, that they were appreciated, that they were loved, that they were part of this larger community. And to me, that's the ultimate goal. And, and they have a great return on whatever investment that they put in. And if you can do that, you're, you're doing your job, right? As, as someone running an organization, you're doing your job. You're spending just the right amount of money. You have just the right amount of safety, security, walkie talkies, just enough decor where people feel it. Um, and it's a delicate balance. You don't get it right every time. I mean, it is hard. You don't. You don't. <laughs> and it, but, but the thing is, is that it just, I love how you just, you've really taken people really through kind of the whole process in a way that that's one of the beauties of doing a podcast is, is that you really, they get to go into some wonderful directions. And I just love that you were able to just so articulately and passionately talk about the kindness campaign and the art of kindness and also show the work that goes behind it, the passion that goes behind it, the teamwork that goes behind it and all the planning that goes behind it. So Andrew, I cannot you. thank you enough for being, you know, being a guest mm. today on this. This was really a wonderful conversation. Well, thank you. And thank you for allowing me to show you behind my the curtains of the kindness <laughs> campaign. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> glad to. So for for everyone interested, um, the Art of Kindness event will be on April on March 31st and April 2nd in Austin, Texas. For more information, visit tkckindness.org. And Andrew, thank you again for joining us today. Mm. Thank you. Uh, heart back. So this is Rob <laughs> Giardinelli signing off on Fun and Fundraising. You can find me wherever you find your podcast or on Instagram at Fun and Fundraising. And remember to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and everyone will have a great time. Take care, everyone, and have a great day.